Hi, I'm Lozzie, and my best friend has written over a thousand writing prompts over the last four years. What do you do with a book of writing prompts, you ask? Well, we sit and chat about them. We create weird, wacky, and sometimes pretty deep stories with them. This is The Promptcast. Today, however, we've got a bit of a special episode. This is episode 10. We have hit a 10-ep milestone. Look at us go. So we have decided that Chloe is going to tell you all about her notorious, infamous birthday season. She has been mentioning it a couple of times over the last few episodes, and with her birthday coming up in the next week or so, we figured that was the perfect time to tell it. So we're going to have this a bit of an interview kind of situation. I've got a couple questions here to ask her. Let's dive right in. So what was the inspiration for coming up with this story? Hello, hello, it's Chloe. Actually, funny you should ask about the inspiration of the story because it's actually based on a writing prompt I wrote, like a very early writing prompt. I actually can't find it in my book and I don't want to look too much because I don't want to spoil the really old prompts for me. So for future episodes, I don't want to like already know what's coming. Um, But the prompt that I wrote was based on real life. Um, Yeah. It's one of those ones where something in real life, I like over-dramatize it and make it a story. So there's this phenomenon in my family that we're born in pairs. Um, everyone in my family is born the first half of the year. But yeah, we're born in pairs. So me and my dad are four days apart. My mum and my sister are like nine days apart. And then if you go to the extended family, we have like cousins that are born on the same day my other sister and my grandma are like one day apart like it's it's crazy how weird it is um so I was thinking about that one day and I was like wow what if one family like extended cousins everyone was all born in the same month because that would be really expensive to buy all the gifts at once like you would go broke so I thought What if they all just competed for one gift? Um, So hence, it's birthday season because it's a take on hunting season. But instead of hunting, it's hunting for the gift. Um, So really, that's the inspiration for the story. It's kind of, yeah, taking a turn from real life. All right. So from that, give us the general gist. What is an overall plot? That's really bold of you to ask for the overall plot. I could talk for hours about this. Like, honestly, this story has been in my brain for literal years. Probably like five plus years it's been in my brain. Um, yeah, so as it's based on, it's it's basically like this family, this extended family each June. I, I said it was June. Um and that, because I'm imagining it's set, like, in the Northern Hemisphere or something. Um, they go on, like, vacation to this giant family home. And they all compete for the one gift at the end. Like, this epic gift. Um, so, it's set around the main character. And I believe I did give her a name. 
Yes, her name's Addison Dunn. I'm looking at a book that I've written all the character profiles in. I got so in depth. I have a like an A3 calendar because it's set over the course of June. And on each of the days, I kind of have what's going on, like um, events and that. And then on the back of it, I have a family tree. I am not kidding you guys. <laughs> anyway, so it's set around the main character, Addison. She's like 1920. Um, and that. And so she is thoroughly competing for the prize. She's kind of competitive, but her main obstacle is her like cousin who's like a guy he won the previous year so he's trying to retain his title and he got this really epic like epic gift because all the family's pitching some money um and so she's trying to battle him but the thing is is that he brought his like best friend along because his best friends had like a bad year so his best friends out of the extended family. Um, they're not competing, um, but they're kind of helping the cousin. And so the thing is, is that the main character has kind of liked this um, best friend. I swear, did I give him a name? I guess we'll never know. Um, I guess it's maybe Christian? I. Oh, yep, it's Christian. Chris Christian Whitesdale. If you could get a more basic name he has a backstory I can tell you now I'm looking at it right now anyway so what happens is over the story she grows to kind of like him and she's competing for the events what happens is she can't trust him because um she thinks that the cousin has like sent him to undermine her uh so she's thoroughly just trying to focus on it but also there's something holding her back because like I said everyone in her family is born in June so she has this superstition because he's not born in June he's oh my gosh sorry I just looked at his birthday it's in September and I'm one day off Lozzie's birthday and this was before I knew her this was before I met Lozzie and I picked one day before her birthday for the love interest shout out to Lozzie anyway <laughs> um yeah so he's not born in June so she has a superstition that she can't like him because he doesn't fit into the family. Um, and that's so over the course of it, she's competing for the events. There are some really fun, funky, fresh events. Um, you can tell my favorite Harry Potter movie is Goblet of Fire because there is a lake event and the story features a golden retriever acting as the golden snitch in a paintball event. If you could tell, Goblet of Fire was Bob. Um... <laughs> Anyway, so by the end of the story, like, she's kind of grown and matured and she's tried to break away from that tradition and she's kind of learnt to accept. So basically, it's not a love story and it's kind of like a family story. There is a love angle to it, but it's actually because the main characters grow and develop as people together. It's kind of like that time. It's not like... A coming of age story where they're like 13 to like 16 these are like kind of young adults growing to mature to own adults getting new opinions perspectives on life so that's why the family is supporting them and they're having a whole heckin ton of fun which I'm kind of jealous about
Okay, I have convinced myself to take you through the calendar. The calendar hasn't been finalised and it's very basic at the period of time that is current. Um, I think if I were to write the story, I would um, make the cal calendar more thorough. I'm not like an author that needs everything written out at once. I'm very sporadic. I come up with certain scenes in my head. Um, but it's one of those stories where every day kind of matters or every two days matter. So, because um, it's such a short span of time. So I just want to make sure I don't miss anything or overlap things or, you know, how many plot holes because there's nothing worse than plot holes. So in June, um, they arrive. I said they arrive on the 9th of June. So I said arrival at base camp. And I originally had that as the main character's birthday. However, I've since switched it to the 1st of June. And there's a reason why I did that. But I, I won't yet reveal why I did that. Um, so then two days later, um, they are apparently going for a family run. And it starts off as just her, but people join in. You know, I wonder what previous Chloe was thinking. Next day is the lake event. Um, imagine this family just has co-opted own this giant lake mansion. I don't know. It's a fictional story. Um, so I imagine something kind of like Harry Potter. <laughs> anyway, um, then the next thing that happens is uh, three days later, um, they are swimming in the lake. They have a blow-up slide and air mattresses. Um, and so that's when apparently the main character confronts the cousin of cheating by bringing in the best friend as bait. Um, the next, the following day is the paintball event. So basically, um, this is like the paintball. There is a golden retriever dog, um, that one of the aunts owns. It's actually for anxiety, I believe I've written down, um, which I have a lot of character traits and attributes that I want to get into. However, like I want the like to give the story justice um, also for those like groups that that would be representing. So like people with anxiety and mental illnesses, you know, you don't want to make light of it. Um, anyway, paintball event, Golden Retriever has golden paint. And if you get the dog, you have to mark it. So then you know that nobody else has like stolen it. So then you get the paintballs, which are gold. And when you hit someone, they're worth double. Um, and that, and so I have a note that the main character, so Addison, she's using old zip lines and ladders in the trees and one of them breaks. So then, oh, it's dramatic. Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Who knows? Um, on day 18, they apparently stocking food and stuff outside in preparation for what? I do, oh, I know why. So the following day is the stink event. I have no clue what that is. I just have stink event. And if they're stocking food and stuff outside, I imagine it's because things are about to get real stinky. Anyway, so on the 20th, they have sleeping outside and the campfire. So they're going to share some family legends. Um, 
Friday the Diego, one of her cousins, has a fight with parents and runs away. Um, so they find them in Trey, which is the evil cousin paintball shelter. Interesting. Um, anyway, so there's some mini games. Addison is talking to Diego um, about why he's been moody. So I don't know what happens there. <laughs> I'm loving how terrible I have built up this story and it's just not great. Anyway, we've got some mini games for bonus points. So knocking tin cans with golf balls or shoes, apple cider vinegar shots, which is really taking me back. No good time. Um, and so yeah, other mini games. Um, the following Friday on the 28th, she has a fight with um, the love interest, Chris or Christian. I'm glad it's Christian, not Christopher, because I almost said it wrong. And then the 29th is the final event. Um, so there's two options to it. So this is like a Wii game. So things are thrown into the air like fruit and toys and you have to cut them in half. Or they float in the circle in the lake and they must use like those like uh like soft bars um, and try and bat each other off. And then on the 30th is the announcement of the winner. So that's when the um, one of the family's grandparents come up and they um, give out the gift. So that's pretty cool. Anyway, I'm so sorry you had to go through all of that with me. Um, at least I'm not taking you through the family tree. You're lucky. Uh, yeah, count yourself lucky. Any fun niche scenes you've got in there? Yeah, so as I was saying before, um, when I have like a story in my head, my mindset's really in it. So everything I think of like either reminds me of it or I get inspiration for certain scenes. Um, so yeah, I've gotten in depth with some scenes. Um, yeah, I haven't just got like this overall story idea. I've actually got some scenes. I haven't written them, of course not. Um, but they're in my head slash in my notes. So, um, this is because like, this is one of my most like developed story ideas and definitely my favorite. Um, I mean, if we're going into it, I have a collage in the front of the book where my notes are about like the inspiration and vibes of the story. So I have like a, like camping mug with like a cake in it. Um, I have a golden retriever, campfire. I have Katniss Everdeen because, you know, why not? It's survival of the fittest. So it's like a cute little montage. Um, and that, but some like more niche things are like, I have this idea that when they're doing the campfire stories, it's someone's birthday, obviously. And so they start singing them a happy birthday, but they don't have a cake. They, what they have to do is they have to put their marshmallow in the fire and they have to light it on fire. And then everyone sings happy birthday as it's burning. And so if the family sings happy birthday fast, then they can blow out the candle and eat it. And the marshmallow is still salvageable. But if they purposely sing it really slow, 
then like the marshmallows all burnt and disgusting but the person's like the birthday person still has to eat it so i haven't decided if the family's going to sing it fast or slow but that's a cute little happy niche idea so instead of having a cake they have um a marshmallow another one is during the paintball event so the paintball event is finished when there's this one slice of cake like this one slice of cake is claimed um so everyone's hunting for the cake while trying to get bonus points um like i said the snitch so the golden retriever is not the snitch the golden retriever just has extra bullets for extra points anyway um so there's this one slice of cake that everyone in the family family just loves and adores but it's really rare and hard to get the hands on that's why they just have one slice so what happens is the main character addison she wins and she's holding the slice of cake and as she's holding it this blue paint bullet just flies through it and knocks it to the floor and everyone's just staring at this sad piece of cake on the floor and i just have written this event is no piece of cake moment i just need a moment of silence for my sense of humor um again sorry you had to go through that but yeah i have some really niche scenes um and yeah there's such as there's a game master each year so they kind of run the events they don't partake in them but they can kind of come up with the ideas um so for the game master of this year it's a younger cousin of hers that's very like tech nerdy um or i think or he's getting it next year and he's going to do some mind games because lots of these are physical activity based and there's more when you're doing something logical or like you know technical um so i think that's why he enjoys pranks so basically throughout the event like the month if you successfully prank another person you get bonus points so to give an example i have that the main character dresses up in a scary clown costume and is going to scare her cousin trey you know the turd burger cousin and as she's doing it she successfully scares the cousin and the boyfriend and not the boyfriend the partner um the best friend but then what happens is they've also booby-trapped the room in case anyone tries to prank them. So she gets pranked right back. So they just kind of equalize each other and both get bonus points. Um, and that, but yeah, it's it's a bit more interesting if you have some fun events around so nobody, nobody can rest in peace. Um, and I imagine that whoever's birthday it is in, like, they get to choose breakfast or one meal of the day. Um... Because it would just be sad to pretend that nobody um, celebrates a birthday because everyone has a birthday. Uh, yeah, so those are some of the niche scenes I have. Again, sometimes I go super in-depth um, with scenes or sometimes I just have like sentences of dialogue or sometimes I'm like, this could happen. Like the stink event. What happens? I think it's something to do with a lock, like locked box of cheese from the previous year so what they do is they open the box of cheese in the house and like whoever survives in the house the longest gets the points i think that's the stink event sounds like something from diary of a wimpy kid so thanks for asking so from that what is the character development for your main character 
So I was writing this at a time when I was thoroughly into developing a character based on their flaws. Um, so what is their intrinsic flaw that makes them interesting? But the thing is, it's not just like what makes them interesting, but also contributes to the story. So you can have small flaws like biting their nails or cutting their hair every time they have a mental breakdown. I don't know. Um, but I wanted flaws that would drive the story because I perceive that there are two types of stories. There's ones where things are happening to the main character and they're just reacting and there are things where stuff happens because of the main character. So to give you an example, Lord of the Rings is when stuff happens to the main character. So Frodo, Samwise, they're on the journey and like people are coming in and intervening and stuff keeps popping up and they're reacting to that stuff. Whereas other stories like, I know a Studio Ghibli, like Kiki's delivery service, what happens is she has this floor of working so hard that she reaches burnout and then she loses her powers. And so then the story is like her trying to get her powers back. Um, but you see how like something happens because of the main character. So I want to find a balance in the story because obviously the events are happening to the main character. So she's reacting and she's trying to win. But then there's that underlining character development and that's where things are happening because of her. Like um, she's not like considering Christian and ally because of her distrust and also her faithfulness to tradition. So as I was saying, the main character, she's very traditional, not like ancestral culture, but very habits, um, not like stuck in her ways, but resistant to change. So like I've been saying, everyone's born in June, so she must find someone born in June. Every year they do this event, so every year they have to do this event. Because if one year the family decided to take a trip to Hawaii, she would be very against it because it's not what they do. And you see, like, it's it's not necessarily a flaw that you're like, this is going to be a troublesome person because it might be perceived as, like, a positive for some people, like a strength. Um, but I wanted to twist it and make it seem like it could be an issue. Um, not to call out my sister, but I kind of based it on her because I couldn't figure it out. But yeah, I based it on my sister because every year my family goes away. My family, my cousins go away. Um, and if ever there's a time like a cousin wants to bring one of their friends or we don't do something certain one year or like she can't come, which has happened lately um, because she works in another state, um, she gets really upset because it's not like what it used to and it's not traditional and all of that. So I tried to really exaggerate it in this story. I'm not going to lie. My sister's amazing. Um, but I just thought I'd take inspiration from that. Um, so the development for her over the course of the story is what I was saying is she can't accept Christian. Like they're made for each other, but she's refusing to acknowledge it because she's not born in June. It's something so simple, but it's because she is perceiving it as this physical barrier. Maybe like a time barrier because, you know, different months. But how she kind of gets over it 
is a couple of things. There's this really helpful aunt. Um, aunt Faye is her name. She is not married. Um, but she is partnered with Lisa. So Faye and Lisa. Yes. They are not straight. Um, they are the ones. So Faye is the aunt. Um, she married into the family. So Lisa is of the blood. Faye, well, not married, but came in um, through partnership. Uh, she has the dog for the anxiety. Um, again, I really want to do justice with that representation. Um, so, yep. <laughs> so this is why it kind of takes time. Um, so what has happened is Addison is born on the 1st of June. So basically someone in her family or her aunt reveals to her, like she was meant to be born on, um, oh my gosh, what's the month that comes before June? April, I'm assuming. Um, so she was meant to be born on like the 30th of April or something. Um, but then she was late and she came in June or something like that. Or like she was, the mum was in labour, but she held out till June. I don't know. Uh, and so what happens is the character, rather than seeing this as like, oh, fate, I was meant to be born another time. She perceives it as it was fate that I was meant to be born in June, thus reinvigorating the fact that she has to find someone born in June. So that kind of is like a step back for the family trying to progress this. Um, so then later, the aunt talks to um, the main character, Addison, and what happens is she's kind of talking about how she might not be born in June. Again, I don't know the plausibility of this part of the narrative. I think if I was developing this, I would go in depth, talk about feasibility, also representation, all that. So basically... I have that Faye was found um, as either a young child or a baby or something and they couldn't find any birth records even when like later they need it in life because honestly everything asks for your birth records. Um, kind of like a meet the Robinsons situation. Um, so what happens is when she was kind of put into the system they made her birthday in June. Um, so that was kind of like a lucky thing. So the fact is, is that she might not even be born in June. So what happens is the main character can brush aside herself, potentially not being born in June because that's herself. Um, but she can't do it for her family, for Aunt Faye, because she can't disregard family. She can't reject them based on that principle of being born in June. So that's when she starts kind of turning the tables. And the aunt's like, you can't just ignore love because of tradition. Um, especially if it's a tradition imposed on herself. Because nobody else in the family is forcing anyone to find anyone else in June. It's just been coincidence all up until that time. Um, but she obviously wants to keep the family happy, positive, And obviously it's a lucky charm. So she's trying to force it. Um... So that's kind of the character development is when she kind of gets over this barrier she's put on herself. Um, 
so then she can find happiness and obviously that will go into other things in life um which is very like set on anyway so the love interest chris christian (laughs) totally remember his name yeah chris we're gonna call him chris he like his flaw is that he has no passion like he can be passionate about things um like you know games or a certain food but he doesn't have a passion that he wants to follow in life um again this isn't one of those things that is inherently a flaw like there's a lot of um good things about being diligent but yeah his thing is that he has no passion in life so they're at this age where they could choose a career path or go study at a college or university but his not wanting any of them. He's not even that passionate about finding a job. And it mainly stems because his mother recently died, like one to two years ago. Um, and that, and his dad is in rehab. Again, sensitive to- topics that will either shift or have a lot of research done into them. Um, and he doesn't want his son, so he does, so his dad doesn't want him to see him um because he has too much pride um so basically that's the reason why he's on the family holiday uh because the family is welcoming him um so yeah they're trying to take his mind off it but yeah like I was saying he has no passion so his dad also thinks that he wanted to football uh or or like accounting at uni so he pushes him to be better at those things but as i was saying he it's not his passion so he's undecided about what he will study and he's given up on like pursuing things uh so what happens is he always switches want to accommodate others so like he was thinking what his dad wanted or what other people wanted um, but he does nothing for himself. So that's why he um, easily gives up on pursuing Addison because he has no want and obviously he's seeing that she's not interested and she's kind of fighting him. But obviously they'll grow closer over the course of the story. So basically it's not necessarily this bad thing and I see it in a lot of people and it's almost like lacking ambition Um, it's like the opposite of the main character. She has so much passion about the certain thing that it's driven her to being very traditional. Whereas he kind of has that lack of passion. So I'm really hoping that they grow together. I haven't thought about his arc too much, but I'm hoping by the end of the story, he'll have a certain passion. Um, as cheesy as it is, it might be something like family counseling because he sees how broken his family is. I wants to fix it and he sees how amazing and supportive a family can be when given the right environment so i imagine by the end of the story he finds a passion anyway that's done that's me talking about that a lot so yes i'm very driven by character development i despise when you watch a movie and you can tell the main character hasn't changed like the main character 
like personality wise or psychological wise or something is just the same person like if you put them through another scenario they'll just react the exact same so I love when stories you just see the character development um so yeah that's that was the main driver about the story um so what I would think would happen and what happens to them do you have a particular favorite part of the story? I feel like deep down I haven't found the favorite part of my like of the story yet. Um, I mean, I think the marshmallow singing happy birthday is kind of one of my favorites. Just imagining it in my head gives me like this warm, fuzzy feeling. Um, but I do have something that I think could potentially be really good. So basically at the ending, as I said, they, like the grandparents come and present the ultimate prize. Like they bring it. So nobody knows what it is beforehand. And I just imagine that it's like a stupid prize. Like I imagine that this year is like the first year. It's like the most stupid prize. Um... So I do have a note that potentially it's a good prize and they give it to Diego. So Diego is a cousin that's had a lot of issues um, and they grew over the story as well. But I would love for the main character to win and she gets a stupid prize, like a $50 like hardware store voucher or like a lobster shack voucher, like or you can eat buffet at like this random pub on the other side of the country I don't know I imagine something really stupid um and I just think that could be the biggest troll because one it'll trick everyone in the family like I I love surprises and two I believe life is about the journey um rather than the destination because again that's like another differentiating between people um so yeah life's about the journey not the destination or the prize and I think that story could really show it and it could be really funny um because I could go over like the previous year's prizes because obviously the smug cousin Trey he won the previous year and he could have gotten like a really good prize and I imagine like she finally wins and then yeah oh maybe she wins the previous year and she's defending her title I kind of like it if Trey won because um, that could be funny so yeah that's what I imagine could be my favorite scene now I know that you don't tend to write the stories that you come up with ideas for that is essentially why we have the pod right why haven't you written this one with it being so developed well Firstly, I'd like to say I feel personally attacked and victimised by this onslaught of a question. Uh, So just to put that out there. Um, But I would always hear about how movies or books took multiple years to write or develop. And I never understood that. Like when you would be reading the intro to a book and they're like, oh, this story came to me as an idea like seven years ago. Because I never thought, like, why not get caught up in the passion of the story and write while it's still fresh and you're on a roll? Why not? But I'm recently learning as I'm revisiting old story ideas 
um, that when you put a project down and step back, you can see so much more and can see it clearer because I've personally grown up so much as an individual since coming up with this story and more things have inspired me, um, like niche scenes. So the marshmallow thing, um, I only came up with like one or two weeks ago and if I didn't think of that and I'd already read the story, I'd be really upset. So I think if I wrote the story then, I wouldn't be happy with it now. So I think, again, it's coming back to like that maturing as an individual. I'm now at a similar or if not same age as the main character. So I have that perspective on life directly as opposed to like a 16-year-old Chloe doing it. Um, So, yeah, I imagine that. Um, Initially, it was because I was super busy with studying and graduating school and university um, so I'm just a busy person. Um, but it's also that perfectionism as a writer that kicks in that the story won't be as good as what's in your head. Um, I've faced that a lot, but there's small things that I've been overcoming to get over that. And it's genuinely time and drafts. So I haven't really done it with stories, but I've done it with a lot of poems where I've had the initial poem idea or basis and there's a lot of poems I've written in the past and I'm like wow I could have done that better now so I usually just have kept the idea on my phone and I'll revisit it and I'll write it and then I'll come back the next day and look at it and then like the next day I look at it um and then I come up with something that I'm just really really happy with and enthusiastic about and I think feeling that small little victory and knowing I could get over that fear of starting something has really helped. Um, so I think if I do write the story, it could take more time, um, like editing and drafting, so I can get it to that hope I have. I might not ever reach it, but I just want to be happy with it in the future. Um, so I think, again, if I wrote it when I first thought of it, I wouldn't be happy now. Um, yeah, so please don't expect me to write it, uh, because I'm busy, and if you like the story, I don't know, maybe you could harass me, or bribe me with chocolate or something, um, because I do actually have more in-depth analysis of the characters, um, like Trey, the turd cousin, he, um, his younger sister, Vivian, really looks up to him and admires him, um, and it's because of a stupid thing he did, I'm imagining. I have this written down as a note as something that happened. So weird. Because um, he wanted to get a car, but he knew his parents wouldn't help him pay for a car. Um, because of like responsibility or something. So what he did was he said he got a fine from his uni from like doing something in the lab. So the parents pay for like giving the money for the fine. And he uses that money and some money he saved up to buy a car. Never told the parents and paid back the parents all the money that he owed them um, for the fine. So it's like cunning, but also like he didn't do anything stupid. I don't know why Vivian looks up to him. I don't even know if I like this Trey character, but he's got enough chaotic energy to stick around. Um, So number one, not Trey fan. I feel betrayed by him. 
I'm sorry, there'll be so much, like, so many puns in the story. So, yes, it is potentially my favourite story idea. I've talked about it with my mum so many times. Like, if I tell her I had another story idea, she's like, what about the birthday season one? Um, and I think I would love to do it justice one day. But like I said, um, I'm, I'm busy. So, yeah. Anyway, thanks you guys for sticking around and listening to, like, my first fully developed story. Because on this prompt cast, we kind of just cover the general basis, like, just maybe come up with some scenes. But yeah, this one's, yeah, really developed. I have about maybe another one or two ideas that are developed to this extent. Um, But I have, like, yeah, so many story ideas that are beyond the prompt book um honestly I'm finding more and more of my phone as I'm going through notes from years ago so sorry if you don't want to hear them but yeah thank you and thanks Lizzie for interviewing me well thank you so much for tuning in guys and as per usual we will catch you next time